As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy List Staple Show. Did I hit it? Did I nail it? Andy is somewhere in the tropics on a boat having a skinny martini. What is it called? A skinny teeny? Uh, so I have been put into the uncomfortable position of trying to fill his shoes as the host. I am Ari Wasserman, and to help me get through this 40 minutes without Andy, I brought in the most attractive beat writer that we have on staff, and probably the most knowledgeable too, Pete Sampson. Um, who is here to get waterboarded with realignment questions. Thanks, Pete. How are you doing this morning? <laughs> uh, I'm always ready for a uh, Notre Dame future of college football discussion. Yeah, well, I, I appreciate that. And the, the thing that I find interesting is, is that obviously on the show, we've talked a lot about realignment. It's March. It's happening. We don't know what the sport's going to look like, uh, you know, in 10, 7, 2 hours. I don't, I don't know. Um, but a lot of the comments on the side I've noticed is what does this mean for Notre Dame? What does this mean for Notre Dame? What does this mean for Notre Dame? And I think that that means for you is that you're going to be in realignment purgatory forever. So until they join a conference or this settles down for the next, you know, 10 year gap before it all blows up again, uh, you're just going to be in this constant state of what does this mean for Notre Dame? And, you know, we got a lot of it, a lot of this discussion out there, you know, last summer when, you know, it, the UCLA and the USC was going on and, and now we're, we're kind of ramping back up again. So has anything Pete changed this time? Not really. I, and I, it's like the Notre Dame realignment conversation. I think it, it's important to distinguish between like how Notre Dame can view it and how everyone, almost everyone else can view it. Like for UCLA realignment is, and a lot of these PAC 12 schools, that's like life or death. Notre Dame could sort of just sit back and observe and see how things shake out and then make whatever decision is best for Notre Dame because it's not like we're going to be in a spot where they can call the Big Ten next week, next year, five years from now, ten years from now, and the Big Ten is going to give them a different answer than they would today, and that's, yes, please come. We will take you right now. Um, whenever you want to come in, you can come in. So – I think Notre Dame's point of view is like, all right, is college football really moving to the power two? Because uh, it sure seems like it is. And if it does, then you probably have to be a part of that. Um, not right. necessarily for access to the playoff, but just 
the financials of it. Like the Big Ten and the SEC are going to be making so much money that I think that's probably what Notre Dame is monitoring now more than ever before. It's just like, all right, what's the financial bottom line on this? Because not that Notre Dame would need it to survive, but man, it would be that would be a really attractive proposition if you're joining the Big Ten alongside like an Oregon and a Washington to go with UCLA and USC. That just would mean something totally different um, than joining a conference ever would have meant before. Yeah, I think that the most interesting dynamic of this latest round of realignment is that it's not necessarily people getting amped up about where are we going to play or who our opponent's going to be in access to the playoff. I think there's a, a large concern from a lot of fans of just self-preservation as being relevant in the sport. Um, and Notre Dame obviously is the brand of its own, and, and I don't know that it has those same concerns, but I do know that the discussion points are probably going to shift from, well, could we still get into the playoff to is the whatever TV deal that we're going to end up getting, was it in 2025? Yeah. Uh, is that uh... going to be able to keep us uh, on pace? Like, so if you're a Oregon or a Washington where you're, you, you might be worried about attaching yourself to a relevant conference long-term or finding your way into the big two when it inevitably gets there. Like, what do you think Notre Dame's number one concern is? Is it, is it, you know, being a part of that world, that, that super conference world, or is it making sure that whatever the outcome of this latest round is or the, or when the future becomes clear that they are financially viable? Uh, much more on the financial side of things. And so that's like they have the NBC deal will be coming up a year from now, year and a half from now. Can they take that deal to something comparable to what the big 10 and the sec are getting? Um, not the same, but just like in the ballpark, um, they, you know, can you get NBC to essentially double what they're paying for Notre Dame right now to sort of move off of what is perceived to be kind of a sweetheart deal, where Notre Dame sort of is paying a pre sort of like kicking back a premium because they like the exclusivity of the national contract. It makes them different. Notre Dame likes to be different. Um, but at some point you, you gotta, you gotta make the money. And I Notre Dame's sort of at that point now where it's like, you can't be getting lapped multiple times over by Purdue and Vanderbilt in terms of media rights because mm-hmm. they're part of the big 10 and the sec. So I think Notre Dame will get through the next NBC deal. NBC will come up on that because um, it's now that NBC is a little bit more into the college football space with the Big Ten package on Saturday night. That's something Notre Dame welcomed uh, because it it sort of showed NBC was willing to invest in college football in a way that you know maybe they hadn't before or didn't need to before. So that's sort of the next thing for Notre Dame. It's less about um, access to the playoff because like. When your own AD is part of the committee that designed the new playoff, like I think by definition you like the new playoff because you came up mm-hmm. with it yourself if you're Notre Dame. Um, but the media rights package, that's where Notre Dame needs to – they need to come up and they need NBC to sort of come up with them. I almost feel like if they were to hit freeze on realignment now, like it was just like stop with the new playoff, if they get a great sweet little TV deal coming up, that this is like Notre Dame nirvana. Because now they yeah. no longer have to go undefeated to make the playoff. They can probably have a really sweet deal. And like they could exist in this current space for a long time, I think. The yeah, thing that would be I concerning do. to me is, and Dave Ubbin brought this up in the other show that we had last week about it, was will there be a time where the Big Ten and the SEC have 16, 18, 20 teams each 
and then they turn up into the AFC and NFC. And then they only play against each other and schedule each other. Uh, and then there's a second tier of college football that's no longer a part of that system. So, like, to me, if I were Notre Dame, who I think unequivocally belongs in that fake world, like, is there a self-preservation act to just make sure that you remain relevant, not just financially viable, but relevant within the context of who they – and I'm, and I'm assuming that if it ever got to that point that Notre Dame would knock on the door – um, but I think that it's an interesting discussion because you want to put yourself in a position where you make sure that you are with your peers. Yeah. I, I think it's less about the scheduling aspect of it because like Notre Dame is going to make you money if you schedule them. And these conferences are about nothing else if mm-hmm. but making money. So they're not going to be like, they're not going to cut off their nose to spite their face over Notre Dame with scheduling. But if the financials of the big 10 are, so far in front of what the ACC and the Big Ten. Like, that's another thing with, like, the ACC. When Notre Dame makes less money being independent with the ACC than they would if they were all in. Like, financially, they would be better off if they were all in for the ACC with media rights. And then you think about what Clemson and Florida State are saying, like, the ACC is not viable. We have to get the hell out of here. So Notre Dame is less than that. So that like that's sort of where they are financially. They're like a cut below what the ACC is. But if you get to a point where okay, what are unlimited scholarships? I don't want to get too far into the weeds of like the financials, like um, you know NIL packages. Do players become more employees? And like the Big Ten can offer a scholarship that is just far and away different than what Notre Dame or the ACC schools could because they're they have so much more incoming cash flow that's to me like what i would have to be wary of if i was notre dame if like a big 10 scholarship just means something different than a scholarship to somebody else um that's that's right i think this is it's much more of a financial um story to monitor if you're notre dame than it is like a competitive one and that doesn't even get into like all right how much can you pay your coaches um you know, right. How much can you pay your support staff? Like if you're going to have 32 analysts like Alabama, you got to pay them. Um, you know, Notre Dame is not in that spot. And if they join the Big Ten, conceivably, they could be. So there's no scheduling concerns for you. I don't think so. Because like, I mean, what? Michigan is not going to want to play Notre Dame. Ohio State's not going to want to play Notre Dame because, uh, you know, there's going to be non-conference games still. I don't think we're going to get to a point where the Big Ten is playing 12 conference games. So as long as there's one or two. What if the non-conference games are exclusively against SEC teams and vice versa? Yeah, I mean, that's what the plan is. That's not going to happen, right? But that's not going to happen in the next 10 years, probably. No, I think that Notre Dame's good with that. And I I would, man, the idea of Big Ten schools being like, we're not going to, we're actually going to blackball Notre Dame like fielding yo style um, over scheduling. I just can't see that happening because there's too much money to be made. Because that's the thing with NBC too. It's like you almost as you are buying into this property, depending on how long-term that television deal is, I would be a little nervous that scheduling would become more complicated. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at from NBC's point of view, it's like, all right, we've got this deal with Notre Dame that we've had for 30 years. And now we're with the big 10, you know, it would be really great if Notre Dame and the big 10 played more because that would be, that's free property for us on NBC Mm -hmm. uh, or extra property, not free. They're paying for it, but Every Notre Dame Ohio State game being an NBC property, 
yeah, I, I think that NBC is going to be that like would, make out like that's or not okay. Yeah, they're going to kill it on that. Um, or every NBC or every Notre Dame Michigan game being an NBC property, home or away, they're going to kill it on that. So there's a, Notre Dame just makes too much money for other people um, to say like, you know what, forget it. We have to have the we have to have an extra Big Ten game because Iowa Minnesota is just that important. Like that's not. That's not happening. Um, yeah, I think Notre Dame is still in that mix because they they bring money to the table. I, I kind of think it's like funny because uh, I don't know if I'm alone in this, but I get this feeling that like everybody is just waiting for Notre Dame to be put into a position where it has to do something. Yeah, and like no matter what happens, Notre Dame's like we're good. We got to figure it out. Like I don't know. It's like seven people have been waiting <laughs> for Notre Dame to be put in a position where they have to do something. Yeah, and it doesn't seem like they're going to have to. Um, you know, it's like I personally hope that they don't. You know, I'm I'm kind of at change fatigue right now, Pete. I, I don't yeah. know where you are. I I I, uh, I am I I really think the new playoff is going to be fun because it's something different. It might not turn out to be great. Um, it definitely has made me a little bit nostalgic for like the ridiculous days of BCS and pre BCS because like the sport was even crazier. But I. I think college football, like the one of the best parts about it is everyone tries to do this a different way, like that we're not in an AFC, NFC world. And I know we're moving towards that, which sort of sucks. But I I like that Notre Dame is trying to win its own way by being independent and having its, you know, academic standards and scheduling and all that stuff. And but I like that Alabama is trying to win a different way. And I like that USC is trying to win a different way. Like, I think that's all awesome. Um, Tennessee is so, trying to win a different way. Yeah. So, like, give me more. Uh, I don't want best practices and everyone to adopt them. I want everyone to think they have the answer to do it their own way. Because, dang it, like, that's what the school stands for. Yeah. Or yada, yada. And, like, I, and I also think that the independence part of the whole sport. thing of Notre Dame is kind of gives people an edge when watching them. Like I don't know how, like how much you would assign the independence um, to the the root of why they're such a devi- of divisive program, but I think that's part of it. Oh, I think it's a huge part of it because yeah. it's they if everyone could be like if Ohio State could be independent, they would. Like if USC could be independent, they would. I it's if you could say you know what you can play anybody you want wherever you want them. You can play games internationally if you want them. You could like kind of come up with your own scheduling formula and just run with it. Like every program, and you can also have a national television contract. Every school would do that. Um, maybe less so now because of the money that's being thrown around and, you know, the Big Ten network. And it's not like people are hurting to get your games on television. But like that's every program's dream to have a national fan base where you could take your show on the road um, and basically take over a city and play a game. Like every school in the country would want to do that. Um, Does Notre simple Dame greed not exist in South Bend or what? <laughs> like, I mean, um, like everybody else is greedy in the sport. Like what's going yeah. on in South Bend? Is it like a no, everybody love everybody community or what? No, they're doing okay. Um, you know, it's like the, the dome is not made of like rusty iron or it's gold. Um, you know, that's it's, it's solid gold, right? The, the endowment is sort of in the, God, where they were in what 15 billion? I really should have this uh committed to memory. Like they have an incredible amount of wealth here. Um, so I think in some ways they can afford to not do the chase every media right buck. Um, but 
yeah, they're they're doing okay here. They don't they don't need to. I think they're happy to pay sort of the independent tax for now. Um, there may come a time when that tax gets too high, but they can afford to pay it at the moment. Yeah, because I mean, it was what a month ago when people were complaining about how the whole coordinator hire right went awry. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if that was just, you know, wires being crossed or financial stuff, but like there will be a point in time where if Notre Dame does not join the Big Ten or the SEC, um, that it will struggle to pay coordinators. Right. And even assistants. I mean, it's like you get to a point now where, I mean, and Notre Dame sort of stuck its chest out a little bit post Andy Ludwig uh, about they have a top 10 salary pool, which I was a bit surprised that they. They do and put that on record. But, you know, in terms of coordinators, like Tommy Reese was making one eight roughly. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're it wasn't that sh- long ago, Pete, that nobody like I remember when I was covering the uh, Fiesta Bowl maybe eight years ago or something when it was Ohio State Clemson. Uh, I don't know. It's 2016. And I was working on a story with my colleague about the first million dollar coordinator. And I believe it was Venables at the time or Chad Morris. I can't remember which one it was. And it's like, mm-hmm. now everybody's making 1.8. Yeah. That's their, they have no problem paying up for coordinators, you know, in terms of like every assistant making five to 600,000, they're not there, but most schools are not. So it's, they pay fine. It's, um, you know, I think it's the sort of the everything else it's, are you investing in private air travel all the time for your assistance and recruiting? If you're going to recruit nationally, I would argue that you should, um, you know, the facilities are good. Are they like the best in the country? No, but they need to expand the space there. They know that they need to expand the space. They just opened a new indoor three years ago, four years ago, roughly. So I think they're in a good spot with facilities, but um, I think investing in the infrastructure, whether that be uh, analysts and, interns and uh, you know recruiting you know investment there i think they can they can take steps forward that and still still sort of be notre dame without like saying like all right well wh- how do we come up with a new major do we get more kids into school um you know there are ways notre dame could sort of be true to itself but invest even more in football than they already are so that's i think sort of the next step with with freeman and where he wants to take the program. yeah is there ever you know i guess notre dame's brand is is its brand but Considering they have a new coach right now um, and considering the sport is evolving more in the last two or three years than it has in the f- previous 40 combined, <laughs> is there a pressure to make sure that Notre Dame doesn't stink? Yes. I think that if Notre, like without Brian Kelly, like if they had just sort of kept fumbling along in a Tyrone Willingham, Bob Davey, Charlie Weiss way, over the last 10 years, instead of getting their stuff together there, the danger of Notre Dame getting to the point you reference where they're forced to do something. I thought it would have been a lot more acute. Um, their brand, I think strengthened quite a bit in the last six years, making the playoffs twice, winning 10 games every year that I think sort of lets you get your foundation in order. Um, so you do think there's a correlation between winning and Notre Dame's yeah. brand. Yeah. You don't I think do. they could loop, they could lose six or seven games for sure. 10 years straight and people I, still go crazy to watch them. Uh, no, I think people would. Um, but the, the sort of ability to call your own shots on alignment and sort of media rights, there are apparel deals up next year. 
they they would be hurt in that way. I think the brand would be hurt by losing. I in some ways, like I've covered them for twenty years. I was shocked at what sort of the really the dark dark days of Charlie Weiss at the end that they still sold out that the brand was still like a thing nationally. Um, it's been incredibly durable, uh, shockingly so. But when they're winning, I mean that it you're really a big deal. Like when Notre Dame is in the mix for the playoff, like that's that's the story in college football. So it, they they suck up a lot of oxygen oxygen when they're really good, uh, probably more than they deserve. But um, you know that's in terms of going to NBC and saying, "Hey, let's double the uh, the revenue for this." Like if they had been going six yeah, and but- six. Like you don't have much of a platform to stand on there when you're going ten and two, nine and three, eleven and one. Yeah, I mean you could go to NBC and say like, let's show show some money here. So I do th- that in that type. Who has the leverage in that negotiation, though? I mean, I think Notre Dame has the leverage in that. Like maybe NBC because NBC has said we want to be more into college football. Well, you can't be more into college football and then say like Notre Dame buy. Um, so I think that Notre well, Dame. What if they're just like, them. we're not giving you nearly as much as you want? Then what does yeah. Notre Dame do? I think it's, I mean, it's not the same thing as what the CBS SEC game of the week deal was in terms of, you know, the money being paid out versus what the market value was. But I do think Notre Dame has a much high, if they were serious about going to market, they should be able Could to command. Sort of double their revenue. Um, but they have a relationship with NBC that is very important to like this institution and they're willing to sort of kick back something to NBC on it. So that's, yeah, but they get, but they, NBC has to pay more than what they've been paying for it, for the deal to continue to work for Notre Dame. I just want to be in a world where Notre Dame goes to market. Oh God. I mean, Can you imagine like, your job. Yeah. Where, I mean, where do you go? Cause it's like, do you go Apple plus CBS? Like I can't, Notre Dame's fan base does not strike me as a very streaming forward fan base. So (laughs) I'm not sure that would be the move. Um, What do you think is the most streaming fan base? Whoa. uh, The most streaming fan base. I'm trying to think myself. Uh, I mean, like Boise State. It's like somebody who's naturally not on TV. If you play a lot of games on the CBS Sports Network, you're probably a little bit more into streaming than you would. Yeah, like University of Nevada, Reno. Yeah. That's a big, big streaming fan base. Big streaming fan base. Yeah, okay. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, 
has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, like, how uh, how are you doing with all of this? And I'm not talking about Pete, the reporter. I'm talking about Pete, the college football consumer. Like, are you are you kind of like over it? Are you excited about the future? Um, are you nervous that we're needling with a sport too much? Like, what 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 is your opinion of all this evolution? Well, this is sort of a reporter and fan, but like, I remember covering the 2012 season for Notre Dame, and that was like you know, the Manti Teo stuff and they go undefeated and like, is it kind of Notre Dame, are they relevant again? And like that season would never exist again in the current format of college football or the future format of college football where, I mean, we were in mid-November, Notre Dame was undefeated and they were third. And it was like, are they not going to get to play for the national championship because there are three undefeated teams. Could Notre Dame possibly get left out? And like the drama around that was incredible. And then there was a game, their senior day game where they beat Wake Forest on the night Stanford upset Oregon in overtime, I think. And then Kansas State lost to Baylor. And Notre Dame went from three to number one. And it was like this campus exploded. It was, there was like a party here all night rager because Notre Dame was going to get a chance to play for the national championship for the first time since 88. Um, that sort of moment is gone, which I hate. However, a new playoff format where there are more schools involved and like you can get back to a point where all the sort of new year six bulls matter again, I think is that's a good thing. Uh, it just is, College football has gone from our, the best regular season sport ever to another postseason sport. And I like, I'm going to made be, me sad again. Yeah. That's, that sucks. Um, however, you know the that new, feeling as a reporter season is going yeah. to be awesome, but it, it definitely makes the regular season a little less um, meaningful. I am still going to watch all the games and listen to all the podcasts and freak out as much as yeah. I would before, but it's just not, going to have the same vibe to it you know like when you're like and you'll probably get this feeling too like the notre dame ohio state game is where again this year At is notre it in dame. south bend yeah, yeah it's in south bend so like you know that feeling like when you're a reporter and you got your computer bag and you're walking into a stadium and like people are tailgating the ground is almost buzzing. i had that in columbus last yeah. Labor Day weekend and it's like in september yeah <laughs> you know like that is that feeling gonna go away i I don't think so. Um, it won't because like I remember walking into the horseshoe last year and like you're like, holy crap, that's LeBron James. He's five feet away from me. Like, yeah, that I mean, we were still in the playoff world at that point. Right. Like and it wasn't yeah. like Notre Dame got eliminated with a loss. 
so I think that the big games will still be big games. It's like the, but the panicky game where you might almost get eliminated in November because you, you laid an egg at Iowa State. Yeah. Like that's not going to feel as good or like the so upsets six, are gone. Yeah. Yeah. The kick six game uh, with Alabama and Auburn, that's not going to be the same. I mean, it's still yeah. going to be incredible. Don't get me wrong, but like, yeah, the games will be incredible. The stakes will be. Yeah. The, the, the winner, like the team that pulls the upset, I don't think will, will feel, they will feel exactly the same about it. That fan base will, will is not going to like, well, should we storm the field? Cause it didn't really affect the playoff. Like, no, that's still going to be a huge deal for the team that pulls the upset. The team that just had its season turned to ashes in its mouth is can now be like, well, we're still in it. Well, um, we're fine. Yeah. yeah. The misery of college football is, is one of the things I really like. And that is going to sort of be less. Yeah. Quite a bit. The, it's what's the proper way to pronounce it. Schadenfreude. Yeah. Is that right. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing I'll miss the most. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just, I feel like that 2012 season is the perfect example. And like, I like to think back to, it's like, what if Ohio state wasn't banned from a bowl that year? Oh my God. It would have been a like, Notre Dame, Ohio state national championship game. And I think actually Notre Dame would have, had a really good chance to win that game. That they, Ohio Notre State Dame team fans was... are still bitter that uh, Colin Klein, who was nearly Notre Dame's new offense coordinator, just like yeah. fell apart against Baylor. Because if he doesn't, then Notre Dame's playing Kansas State in the national championship instead of Alabama, which I think the outcome of that also would have been quite a bit different. Yeah, yeah. It is crazy when you think about how thin the line is. And I guess this may be a positive for the 12-team playoff. Think about how thin the line is for teams who could have won a national championship and didn't over the past 10 years of like one break that had to go uh, a certain way. Or if one team's circumstances were different, like how completely different to see, like what if Ohio state would have made a field goal uh, at the end of the Georgia game this year? Or what if Ohio state in 2012 wasn't suspended what that would have meant for Notre Dame? Like there are. So to me, adding this 12-team playoff is going to have so many more wrinkles to how many more razor-thin outcomes can change the the way the national championship winds up. I don't know. if I, I think I dis, actually disagree with that because I think that the the added inventory of games is like an acid test for who the best team is. Like, Yeah, that's probably you, true. You're, you're probably not going right, to be yeah. able to like fake your way or luck your way to a national title anymore the way that Notre Dame maybe almost did in 2012 if they played Kansas State. Like, yeah, that's nobody true. would have argued like, well, Notre Dame was clearly better than Alabama that year. Um, and just because Alabama didn't play it because they lost to Johnny And like in the old Powell, sport, like, we never even would have known. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, now we know. If they would have played Kansas State, you wouldn't have. The is yeah. every year moving forward because it's like you cannot hide. You cannot fake your way to three playoff wins or four playoff wins yeah. uh, over a month. Like you're either the best team or you or you get found out. Yeah. But I wonder how many more pass interference calls there will be or how many more missed field goals there will be or, you know, weird kick sixes that will happen in the playoff. That'll be like, well, if that didn't happen. Yeah. there. I mean, there would definitely be some weird unattended consequences. Like I love, I think I love the idea of like these on-campus games in theory, but in practice, they're going to be kind of a come down because these campuses are going to be empty. Um, you know, maybe in the South, people will show up. But like, you know, if you get a Notre Dame Tulane game the Friday after finals in mid-December, a week before Christmas, like that's not good. Like we imagine college football as Columbus 
when in October came there. Yeah. That's not what it's going to be in December. Um, I think it's great that they're on campus. Don't get me wrong, but like this whole like pageantry vibe of college football. And you're gonna, students are going to be back home in Florida. Yeah, it's 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 going to be a great TV show, but I think in terms of a live event, it's people are going to be like, wait, what? This is not this was not Notre Dame at Georgia in 2019, which was like the most incredible pregame atmosphere that I've I've covered. Like it's just it's just going to be more like another game, but it's going to be a great TV show. But it'll be cool that people. I never really thought of it that way, but people will have to travel to their campuses the way they would have traveled to a bowl game. Yeah, and like if you're Notre Dame, like your fan base is all over the country. They're not going to. Some may stick around, but for the most part, I think it's going to be a you know people are going to disperse, and are they going to really going to come back? I don't know on on two weeks notice. Right before Christmas, I doubt it. So, well, especially too considering who the first round opponent is. What if it's yeah. not a very good opponent? If it's ever, if it's Georgia or it's Michigan, like no problem, Absolutely. sold out. Yeah, I, you can't, you cannot yeah. charge enough. Tulane, uh, Boise State, like that's not that's not going to do it. So, I've, that that part of that dynamic for Notre Dame, I think, will be pretty interesting to me in terms of the opponent, you know, and and how. The yeah, well, think about all the reacts, all the places that aren't in cities. Like when you're in a college town, it's a little bit different than if you are in Michigan and you're a 25 minute, 20 minute drive away from Detroit or right. Ohio State and Columbus. You know, Miami. Uh, well, actually, Miami's a terrible example because they don't draw home fans uh, <laughs> for regular season games. But yeah, I actually never considered that that thought process. So, uh, okay, Pete, last question, then we'll get you out of here. In 2035, Notre Dame will be. Still central to the conference realignment discussion. <laughs> You're not but getting out of here alive. I do. I do think that in 2035, if I if I had to make a, a bold hot take to sort of yeah mesh with podcast. you, as, let's you have fun. as a podcast host. I wouldn't do this on the solid verbal, but you're more of like you're a, you're a hot take guy. Um, yeah, actually, I've kind of reined it in without yeah. Andy here. It's been weird. <laughs> 2035, Notre Dame would be in the Big Ten. Yeah. With yeah. hopefully Oregon, Washington, and I'll throw Stanford in there for good measure. I think I think that uh, once the money gets put on the table, and the money is two, three, four times as much, yeah, like you're gonna have no choice because and like it's just like the Big Ten. You know, when Notre Dame was almost joined in the '90s, it was like, oh, what what a conference! You can go as far east as State College and as far west as Iowa City. Now it's you can go as far east as New York City and Washington D.C. and as far west maybe as Seattle, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. It's maybe you should like, throw Hawaii in there just for the it's hell just of it. A completely different set of circumstances. Um, and who I mean, maybe maybe you're going to add some of these ACC schools too. I don't know. You know, when the ACC yeah. falls apart, that's probably where Notre Dame is like. You know what? Yeah, I think we're gonna. We're gonna bolt I just wonder how far NBC can take it. Like, how far can they go before they can no longer afford? Yeah. Before I, they can I, no longer afford to try to make it right for Notre Dame to keep them happy enough to not join a conference. I think it's fairly affordable for them because, why? Well, one, I don't, if Notre Dame joined the Big Ten now, I think NBC would be like, awesome. That means more, mm-hmm. we have more inventory with you than we did before. But you're only buying seven games. It's not you're not doing the full twelve 
the Olympic sports, all that, you just have to pay for the, the good stuff, um, which might be more expensive per game. But like, I think what you, your return on your investments a quite a bit higher if you're NBC with Notre Dame, cause you're not, you're not stuck with inventory that you don't want. Um, and Notre Dame is willing to say like, if you want to put a game on Peacock, go for it. Um, so NBC likes to do that as well. So it's, it's been a good partnership. I, I think that will continue. And I think NBC getting involved in the big 10 actually strengthens that partnership opposed to weakening it. How did I host? Did I do okay. Yeah, the solid. Not not a lot of tangents. Like I kind of I I enjoy yeah. You know, Andy being guy. Andy sort of like keeping the trains running on time and you like pulling all the levers and you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the kid that like you know when you have a baby and uh they're running around the house pulling everything out of the drawers and throwing it on the ground. Yeah, like that's, that's me. You. Yeah. yeah, that's you. Yeah, Andy, yeah. Andy's more of the adult on the podcast. So it's, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, sense. actually. That's that I it, man, hopefully Andy's enjoying his skinny margarita, but like you know, yeah, we need somebody to keep the trains on time here. Andy's that guy that wakes up at 6 a.m. on vacation to go do sit-ups in the in the yacht uh or the <laughs> cruise ship gym. So hope he hopefully he has a, a great Peloton workout going in right now. But Pete, I appreciate you coming on and helping me get through a podcast in which I'm not going on rants. Uh we will have power hour like we always do this week. We'll have Stars Matter again. Uh on Wednesday. Thank you so much for listening to this Notre Dame centric podcast and uh, stay tuned with Pete Sampson and his purgatory of talking endlessly about realignment. See you later.